Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work. They take care of our air conditioning, and they'll do a great job for you. Visit the website and give them a call, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Modley is the founder and president of Less Government, and also my wife Linda will be joining us. She writes Greetings from Paradise. It is October the 12th. It's actually the real Columbus Day. And on this day in 1945, Private First Class Desmond T. Doss of Lynchburg, Virginia, was presented the Medal of Honor for Outstanding Bravery as a medical corpsman, the first conscientious objector in American history to receive the nation's highest military award. When called on by his country to fight in World War II, Doss, a dedicated pacifist, registered as a conscientious objector, eventually sent to the Pacific Theater of War as a medical corpsman, Doss voluntarily put his life on the line in the utmost peril during the bloody Battle of Okinawa, saving dozens of lives well beyond the call of duty. <clears throat> A really pretty inspiring story, and one that's probably not very well known, but the point is that right now we're making our soldiers uh, get vaccinated, and if they're not willing to do it, for whatever their conscience might tell them, or whatever their reason might tell them, uh, they're going to be discharged from the uh, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, wherever. And the point being is that this is such tomfoolery, I can't believe it. Anyhow, congratulations to the Medal of Honor for uh, Captain Doss, Private First Class Desmond Doss. So President Joe Biden took off Columbus Day on Monday, remaining in Delaware as an extra day to celebrate the holiday despite his conflicted proclamation statement about the federal holiday. The president proclaimed that the day as an important day for Italian-Americans, but also voiced concerns about the treatment of American Indians. Today, we acknowledge the painful history of the wrongs and atrocities that many European explorers inflicted on tribal nations and indigenous communities, he wrote in his proclamation. He said Americans should not try to bury the shameful history of their ancestors, but face it honestly, he wrote. <clears throat> the Native Americans' Western exploration ushered in a wave of devastation, violence perpetrated against Native communities, displacement and theft of tribal homelands, and the introduction and spread of disease and more. Columbus Day celebrates the spread of Christianity to America, which was a precursor to the modern concept of un universal human rights. Biden also made headlines for being the first American president to issue a proclamation in support of Indigenous Peoples Day for Monday, in addition to Columbus Day. Indigenous Peoples Day is an alternative holiday to Columbus Day <clears throat> proposed by the left. We must never forget the centuries-long campaign of violence, displacement, assimilation, and terror brought upon Native communities and tribal nations throughout our country, Biden wrote in a statement. Columbus, in my opinion, was a courageous explorer. Biden, of course, in his basement, demonstrating his courage. Taking the day off for Columbus Day. By the way, Governor Ryan DeSantis came out with a proclamation, which I thought was pretty remarkable and inspiring. He said uh, he praised the courage and risk-taking and heroism of Christopher Columbus. Columbus stands as a singular, this is just part of the proclamation, Columbus stands a singular figure in Western civilization who exemplified courage, risk-taking, and heroism in the face of enormous odds. As a visionary who saw the possibilities of exploration beyond Europe, and as a founding father who laid the foundation for what would one day become the United States of America, which would commemorate Columbus by naming its federal district after him. I totally agree. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes our, local, our, our current political parties don't want to acknowledge the, the times and the values that, of those times. Christopher Columbus was a great explorer. Well, according to Johns Hopkins University, data on COVID-19 deaths since January 1st have been approximately 353,000 deaths from the pandemic. This is a little bit more than the COVID deaths that are in all of 2020. 
That is to say, more people have died from COVID-19 under President Joe Biden than under former President Donald Trump. There are some important details to take into account, however. Trump lacked the benefit of vaccinations until the last month of his presidency, whereas Biden had that from day one. Then again, under Biden, the COVID-19 seven-day fatality rate in September was higher than last September. Coronavirus doesn't really know what year it is, noted uh, Dr. David Dowdy, the associate professor of epidemiology at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and the death has largely become in waves. In reality, these numbers should not be surprising. The history of pandemics shows there are multiple waves and variants that have frequently lead to a lot of people being infected and dying. Biden never had any business promising he could beat the virus, but he did. It's an amusing uh, now how in, men, in uh, year one of the pandemic, every story about the virus was a blame Trump story. Absolutely nothing Biden has done is working, yet Biden really never gets blamed for anything. Biden has told many falsehoods about the virus. He stated, for example, that if you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in the ICU and unit, and you're not going to die. Huh. Tell that to Oscar De La Hoya, who was a world-class athlete who was in the hospital on a ventilator after taking the uh, shots. And then, shortly after those comments, Biden contradicted himself and added that even if you're vaccinated, people do catch the virus, they are not likely to get sick. <laughs> he actually said that. I'm not kidding. Further, when discussing the Delta variant, Biden stated the vaccines cover the Delta variant insofar as people will not contract the virus if vaccinated. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, Biden said. Presidents should be given some leeway when they talk about pandemics. They're just relying on information from experts who've been either wrong or oversimplifying as often as not. That said, if Biden were held in the same standard as Trump was, he would be exposed for his lies and his total incompetence. That said, he's just, I think people are sick of the lies from this guy. He just continues to lie. Inflation in the United States hit a 30-year high in August, according to the Department of Commerce. Higher costs of goods is one of the several reasons why President Joe Biden has seen his approval rating plummet to the lowest in his presidency, despite the White House blaming alarmingly low poll numbers on unvaccinated Americans. Now, one of Biden's favorite financial outlets revealed that the real cost of inflation is to average American families. Biden has cited financial analyst publish, publication Moody's on multiple occasions, including using data from Moody's Analytics in April to argue for his infrastructure plan during his town hall in July and uh, during October 5th infrastructure speech. However, the financial outlet recently exposed how Americans are paying as much as $2,100 more per year for necessities during Biden's time in the White House. For households earning the U.S. median income of about $70,000, the current inflation rate has forced them to spend another $175 a month on food, fuel, and housing. Uh, Salesforce predicts that the consumer prices could increase 20% during the holiday season. That's not good news. The Consumer Price Index, which is a major gauge of inflation, shows the energy costs are up 25% compared to a year ago, and the food index increased by 3.7%. The Wall Street Journal reported on a skyrocketing energy cost last week. Crude oil has risen 64% this year to a seven-year high. Natural gas prices have roughly doubled over the past six months to a seven-year high. Heating oil has risen 68% this year. Prices at the pump are up nearly a dollar over the past 12 months to a national average of just over $3 a gallon. Coal prices are at records. Despite the alarming figures, Federal Reserve officials believe the inflation is transitory, in quotes, but Fed Chairman Jerome Powell foresees inflation continuing at these rates into 2022. It's also frustrating to see the bottlenecks in the supply chain problems not getting better. In fact, the margins apparently are getting a little bit worse, Powell said. We see, the continuing, uh, we see that continuing to the next year, probably, and holding up inflation longer than we had thought. The Biden administration has previously attempted to downplay the record of inf inflation. Uh, in July, the White House was grilled for claiming that the Independence Day cookouts were 16 cents cheaper this year. <laughs> What a liar. <clears throat> Dr. Anthony Fauci on Sunday gave the stamp of approval for kids to trick-or-treat outdoors this Halloween, one year after it was labeled a high-risk activity due to coronavirus. The statement comes just one week after Fauci said it was too soon to tell if families should gather together for Christmas in December. 
The government's top infectious diseases expert told CNN's State of the Union that parents can safely take their kids out trick-or-treating outside this year if coronavirus cases and deaths continue their decline across the country. You can get out there. You're you're outdoors for the most part, at least. And my children were out there doing trick-or-treating and enjoying it, Fauci said. I mean, this is the time that children love. It's a very important part of the year for children. I know my children enjoyed it, said Fauci. Of course, where's the science in that? Makes no sense. Particularly if you're vaccinated, he said. If you're not vaccinated, again, think about that you'll be adding an extra degree of protection to yourself and your children, your family, and your community. So it's a good time to reflect on why it's important to get vaccinated. But go out there and enjoy the holiday and Halloween as well as the other holidays that are coming up, he said. Kind of a change of tune, a real reversal, another flip-flop on the part of Dr. Anthony Fauci. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples, longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Terrific organization creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. I proudly serve on their board. I hope you check out the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, uh, you've been traveling. You've been on the road. Yeah, uh, as, as we've discussed in my role as uh, future Senate president for two years, um, I'm <laughs> obligated to uh, raise money for a Senate campaign so we keep our uh, Republican majority. And so we do fundraisers uh, all over the state and actually all over the country uh, with people that are very happy with how Florida has been handling the uh, pandemic. And, um, you know, as I mentioned to you, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, telling that many of the states that kept shut down and that have 
it may maybe just recently opened and open and re- and closed, open and closed. The small businesses in those states are devastated. Uh, you know, tourist towns that were vibrant, uh, busy, have shuttered doors, uh, the, the businesses out of business, and I don't, restaurants closed or, mm. you know, barely open, and it doesn't portend well for uh, some of those states. It's just so sad indeed. I just mentioned the fact that the President uh, Biden has more deaths from COVID on his watch than uh, President Trump by just a, a margin, a small margin. But, you know, President Trump didn't have the benefit of the, of the uh, vaccine when he was president. So uh, he, the president has promised to stamp this thing out to crush the virus. And, of course, it looks like these steps that he's taking have no impact whatsoever. And now the real concern I have is uh, this mask mandate or the vaccine mandate. There's people quitting all over the place. Look at Southwest Airlines. My concern is it's going to close down the economy. Yeah, it, it, that, that is a real problem. Um, and I think, I think we don't need mandates because people who uh, want a vaccine are getting it. And more and more people are getting vaccinated willingly. Uh, requiring people to get vaccinated is just counterproductive because then people just dig in their heels. And, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people don't get vaccinated, but as more and more do, and once they um, approve uh, a vaccine for children, those parents that want their children to be vaccinated will do that. And and ultimately, uh, hopefully, we'll uh, put this to rest. And um, But in the meantime, we, you know, we have federal government throwing trillions of dollars um, out there that somebody's going to have to repay someday. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we're holding the line in Florida. Our businesses are open. Our economy's thriving. Uh, we're, uh, I guess right now, we're about 46 in the amount of COVID cases. So obviously our strategy is working. And I, you know, I, you know, you get, you get worried about what's going to happen to the rest of the country. Absolutely. Well, I'm just so grateful that the legislature, uh, you and uh, others in the legislature, as well as our governor, have taken the stand that we've taken with regard to masks, the schools, just a number of fronts that I think that are create not only better health, but also uh, uh, a more vibrant economy and education in Florida than in most states in the union. That's right. That's right. I mean, we, we're trying to take a holistic view, and I think we can um our happy with our approach of, of a more school choice, um, more accountability, and, uh, you know, I guess Florida's the place to be. So I know you're in Tallahassee right now and uh, working, it's another committee week. Uh, can you give us any updates or what's going on? Yeah, uh, the, the main committee that's meeting that's, uh, you know, getting a lot of attention is our redistricting committee is meeting. Right now they're they're um, going over the the uh, both the constitutional uh provisions, federal, state, uh, case law on on how the process should work. Once they get familiar with that, they'll start uh, actually drawing the maps that we have all the uh, census data. Um, and so there's a lot of a lot of activity with regard to that. And, and I understand yesterday there was a committee meeting and it, the usual, um, apparently, uh, some members of the public who are Democrats, of course, were, were actually chastising a committee that hasn't even started anything. And <laughs> so I can see this is going to be a political, you know, problem. I, I wish it wouldn't be because I, we are committed to drawing uh, constitutionally valid maps. We have to and we will. And yet people are already saying we're going to sue you no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. That's not a way to start anything, but yeah, that's, that's the, the times that we live in. Disappointing. Uh, equally polarizing is this. Uh, there's a rumor. Maybe it's a rumor. I'm not sure about uh, having a Me Too type of law about abortion. Uh, a Me Too in, in terms of Texas here in uh, Florida. Is that moving forward at all? The um, we uh, we are looking um, at at issues related to abortion that are more focused on the actual um, procedure itself when it can be accomplished, and all within the frameworks of our Constitution. There's a lot of distraction about the uh, Texas citizen enforcement language. Mm-hmm. I read that bill, and I have publicly stated that the citizen enforcement language is 
uh, not the way to go in Florida. Don't think it's the way to go in Florida. In fact, when I read that language, it harkened back to when I was nine years old or eight years old and I first read The Diary of Anne Frank, and I remember the takeaway from that book. I remember to this day, she would not have died if she had not been turned in Hmm. by a neighbor. Hmm. So those people who are saying, oh, you don't understand, the citizen enforcement will save lives, maybe in this one particular issue, but if we start having vigilante and citizens turning in other citizens, and getting a bounty for doing that, because you get $10,000 in Texas if you turn someone in, mm. we will be in uh, Nazi Germany. Yeah. I, I'm convinced of it. I hadn't realized that. That's a wonderful observation on your part. Uh, well, and that's what you're doing right now is uh, reading bills, isn't it? I mean, that's <laughs> really yeah. really your role. Yeah, <laughs> I'm reading bills. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a number of good bills that have been filed, and we've got a, a number of, you know, I call them stupid bills, but they're really not stupid. It's just a lot of them are uh, people have something they want to say, so they file a bill, and uh, knowing that it's never going to get a hearing, but they can talk about it and have press conferences. <laughs> and um, But that's, I guess, part of the process. Yeah, indeed. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator. I genuinely appreciate you taking time here to visit with us on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well, Kathleen. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. That's gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, certainly building that beautiful uh, performing arts center in downtown Naples, but also bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. Fall is here. It's beautiful. It's a crisp time of the year, and uh, it's magnificent. All the old big maples are turning, and it's Mother Nature its finest. Have you had a frost yet? No. No, actually, we've had very warm weather, uh, very warm in the 80s, and, and, you know, for mid-October, that's pretty unusual. 
Certainly is. I can recall living in Minneapolis for a couple of years, which I did, uh, that uh, there was actually a frost in August. <laughs> Unbelievable. It got so cold. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of a crapshoot out here what the weather is going to turn out to be. But I read something the other day that, you know, we say the 40-hour 40, 40 work week. Uh-huh. Well, you know, we've all grown up with a 40-hour work week. Apparently, it started during the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. and now they're kind of throwing it out the window because now people are deciding, uh, they want the freedom to decide where they work, they want the freedom to decide who they work with, mm-hmm. what they work on, and when they work. Sounds like a So not good- only are people wanting to work from home, but it's much deeper than that. Well, they don't want the 40-hour work week anymore. Well, uh, they want flexible hours, and they, they want to be able to work yes. where they want to work. But uh, does that mean less work, or does it mean, uh, what does it mean? I think it means less work, but more focused. So uh, they say that job postings for a four-hour or a four-day work week has tripled. So people want to work less days, and rather than work till 5 or 6, they want to work until 3. Yeah. So they want 6 hours a day of focused work rather than 8 hours of more idle time built into it. Yeah, absolutely. And they did a study, and they said Americans, American companies waste $100 billion a year Pain for idle time. I have no doubt. You know, I, I read a book called Deep Work. I've forgotten the author right now, but it's quite quite an interesting read. And the premise of the book is that most of us spend most of our time uh, being distracted by the phone and by our gadgets, you know, our, our iPhones and computers and things like that. And that uh, So our work gets interrupted and we don't stay focused on what we need to accomplish. And he makes the case, the author, it is a he, I recall, uh, makes the case in this book, Deep Work, that uh, if we all set about the whole the notion of setting aside time to do deep work, which is total concentration, with no interruptions, no cell phone, no nothing, so that you go through this whole process of 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 going getting into work, and you, if you did it for four hours, he said it would have unbelievable results. Well, that's what this article is about: huh. less work but more focus. Yeah, uh, easy to say, hard to do. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I, I I believe it is. I mean, is that <clears throat> is that for people that are going into an office, or is that for people that are staying home? You know, this working remotely is here to stay. Yeah, makes me wonder about what's going to happen to all these beautiful office buildings in downtown cities across the nation. Though, you know, are they going to turn into apartment buildings and or or lofts, or uh, what's going to happen? Because I think that is the trend, but Boo, I think you're right on. Uh, yes. Um, they've also said that now, with all of this COVID and how people are changing their work habits, is that actually now more people want to be independent and they want to be self-employed. So more people are looking to be entrepreneurs, to be freelancers, to do, be hired just to do certain gig work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the workforce is really changing in very profound ways. Yes, it is. And that's an interesting observation because quite what I see uh, right now is that the small businesses, uh, which would include, of course, gig workers and, and others, are getting creamed by this economy with the uh, face mask and the, the vaccine mandates and all these things that have really shut down, for example, restaurants, a good example there because they're very visible. And it's had it really had a devastating effect. It's interesting the stock market has continued to perform, but those are companies that are listed, obviously have a track record, been around a long, long time. But a small business, somebody starts a business, you know, they have pulled together enough capital to 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 run a business and get started and open a, a storefront or whatever it might be, and they can just get creamed by some of these uh, mandates that are being put out by, uh, for example, Joe Biden. Well, yeah, look at Texas. The governor of Texas is saying, no mas, I'm not doing it. You cannot force companies to have 
mandatory vaccines, and yeah. we'll sue you if you make if you make it mandated. So states are are certainly pushing back on that. As we but are, I think in addition to that. <clears throat> I think workers are saying the, the traditional work week, the way that we did it, the nine to five, that's all out the window. I think that that's, it worked for what, close to 100 years, but we're not doing it now. There's a new profile on how people, where they work, who they work with, and when they work. You know, and I think there are a lot of merits for that. For example, just commuting time itself, going back and forth. If you're living, if you're working in a large city, you know, it, could, it might be 15 miles, but it may take you 40 minutes to get back and forth to work. Uh, point being is that it's going to, it will save a lot of time. And if people create a workspace for themselves, it can work out quite well. Except, I think there's real value in interacting with your associates and with the people that uh, where you have a common mission with the business to spend time with them. To understand uh, what they're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to accomplish, there is that'll be lost value if it's if it doesn't continue. Yeah, you know, I agree. We're still humans, and we need that kind of a bonding experience. You know, standing around the water cooler, so to speak. Right. Uh, I agree. I, you know, you. I think it's very hard for people to work within silos. Yep. Where they sort of stay within the the interest that they're working on and not have cross-pollination. Right. I, I don't know how all of this is going to work. I think it's right now it's a, it's a, an industry or it's a situation that's in huge flux. I agree. In fact, there's one large company, I don't recall, it's a large financial company, that said we're going to require people to come back to work uh, in some month, of, maybe it was December, I've forgotten. Uh, if so, if you're full time, you have to report to the office. So there are some companies that are taking that stand, but there are other companies like I think maybe Google and Facebook that are saying, "Hey, you can work at home in perpetuity. You don't need to come yeah. to the office." So there's a lot of different uh, approaches to this whole thing. It, it, and I, to your point, it's going to be interesting to see how it all evolves. Bottom line, companies have to, you know. They may have to meet the needs of their employees, but they also have stockholders too. They have to <laughs> have to make a profit, and uh, they're certainly if they're losing productivity, I think they're going to do something about that. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating time that we live in right now. Just from that, I mean, on a whole bunch of levels, it's fascinating. Uh, but this is certainly something that's uh, in flux, and how companies are now being forced to really pivot their entire workforce. Yeah, they're doing some crazy things, though. I mean, uh, for example, Southwest Airlines mandating that all their pilots and employees uh, get the uh, vaccine. Well, it's having a devastating impact on travel. As I understand it, a couple thousand flights have been canceled. They're continuing. These flight cancellations continue now on Southwest Airlines. And it's not a work stoppage. It's basically, it's almost, it's not even word of mouth. It's just happening because people are, are uh, they're just resisting the whole idea of getting vaccinated they're resisting the idea of being told to get vaccinated not to get vaccinated but to get be told that they have to do that by the government or by, by their employee employer yes i think the southwest this is something to keep your eye on um it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out yeah i mean the uh, i mean uh, canceling 1400 flights yeah that's massive and flight, uh, the uh, air traffic controllers in Jacksonville, they decided to, and they, there's a couple hundred thousand, several hundred thousand uh, armed forces that have uh, not gotten vaccinated yet. They could end up uh, not, you know, and even uh, special forces. I mean, this is going to be devastating to our, to our armed forces as well. So uh, I think this whole thing is so ill-founded. And, and what are we seeing right now? I don't know up, at, up in Wisconsin, but down here we're seeing a, a massive reduction in the number of COVID cases. This is a, a tempest in a teapot. Uh, yes, we're seeing reductions as well. But, you know, Wisconsin is so funky. Uh, you know, we have a, a very high vaccine rate in within the county that I live in, which is where the capital is, Dane County. Mm. And, yet, and we have a mask mandate. <laughs> but so in one county in the entire state, you have a mask mandate. Wow. And yet you still can have 80,000 students together for three hours at a football field. 
Absolutely. How does that work? I know it's it's just crazy. Kathleen Vasadomo, our uh, excuse me, Boo Mortensen, uh, our uh, great friend, and uh, always great to find out what's on your mind, Boo. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. You bet. Take care, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. It's now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence, serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife and also author of Greetings from Paradise. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of the government, and very few Republicans do. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough, that's for sure. But it's a big market, so we can be grateful for that. <laughs> so uh, you wrote a great column. Thanks, Senator Cornyn. Even more bipartisan idiocy from our friends in D.C. And by the way, the, the, the caption on this, the picture that you have on your column, is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh, oh, George Carlin? George Garland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I put the quote in the uh, piece, so I figured I'd put the uh, quote in the picture. Um, Carlin said the word bipartisan usually means there's a larger than normal deception about to occur. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, that's true. The Democrats don't concede on anything. So if Republicans and Democrats agree, it's because the Republicans gave to the Democrats in most cases. Right. Um, I have been opposed to the actual infrastructure bill from the very beginning, the bipartisan one, the one that doesn't require uh, the, the parlor trick of reconciliation, the $1.2 trillion, because 95% of the roads and bridges in the United States are either privately owned or owned by states and, and local governments. Right. So why are the federal government spending $1.2 trillion on them? I don't know. Um, that's a bipartisan thing where, you're, where I'm opposed. But that's obviously not the only one. Um, intellectual property has been under bipartisan attack for more than a decade. 
um, the 2012 America Invents Act was a bipartisan monstrosity. It um, did a lot of really serious damage to uh, protection of intellectual property patents uh, specifically, um, including the creation of this thing called the PTAB, the Patent Trial and, uh, and Appeal Board. And basically, you know, you know, the, the, the Constitution expressly enumerates the power of the federal government to grant patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Right. That's a specifically enumerated power, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 8. And they're supposed to create patents or, or issue patents, not create them, ideas, but give the patent holder, the, the, the inventor, the patent to protect their invention. Well, the PTAB is a unconstitutional judicial board in the Patent and Trademark Office that kills the patents the other branch of the Patent and Trademark Office just issued. And it's been awful. For, it's been awful in practice. It, it was supposed to save money on court. What it does is, is big, giant, thieving companies like Google uh, file 9 million PTAB they they slightly changed the wording and filed nine million uh, uh, oppositions to a patent, and some poor little inventor has to pay about six hundred thousand per appeal, and uh, to fight this off. And most times they can't afford it, so they just have to give up their patent, and Google gets it for free. Um, and it's just been a nightmare. And the Supreme Court has ruled rightly. That it's the entire edifice is unconstitutional because it's the executive branch, which is where the Patent and Trademark Office obviously exists, pretending to be the judicial branch. Right. It's it's being a judge. It's being a bunch of trial judges. Right. Well, th that's not their job. Um, and additionally, it's the Patent and Trademark Office's job to issue patents, not kill them. So, uh, despite all of this, uh, the, the, this bill. Uh, was was imposed. The PTAB board's been awful. And under Trump, a guy named Andre Iancu was in charge of the Patent and Trademark Office, and he was the best head of that agency in forever. And he did a lot of really great reforms, one of them being he really scaled back the, the PTAB, uh, the, what it can look at, what it can do, how much damage it can do. Well, Congress is very upset by this. Pat Leahy, the Democrat senator from Vermont, co-sponsored the uh, American Men's Act with Republican congressman, then Republican congressman, um, Lamar Smith. So that was a bipartisan monstrosity. And now they have the Restoring the American Invents Act. Mm. And Leahy's co-sponsor is Republican Senator John Cornyn from Texas. Who's sponsoring this? And no, I, I mean, who's behind it? What money is behind it? Who do you think is... Oh, all the big tech companies. Oh. You know, it's... it's they, you know, the, the big tech companies use... They, um, the, the alleged purpose behind this was Google... You know, Google's got $9 trillion, so they sue little patent holders to challenge their patents, and they can't afford it. Well, the PTAB is the same thing. They just file... You know, and the best part is... There's, there's instances of, of collusion where Google, Facebook, and, you know, uh, Apple will get together and file the same cha challenges, but it's with three different companies, so that's three different challenges for each challenge that the patent holder has to hold. My and, oh, and by the way, the, the revolving door between patent PTAB judges and Silicon Valley is very, very small and goes back and forth and back and forth. Uh, there's, there's one instance of uh, an, a, a guy worked at Apple, got hired as a PTAB judge, kept ruling for Apple, then left the PTAB board and went back to work for Apple. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, but, um, see, it, it just shows the, the wisdom of our founders to actually put in the Constitution the importance of the Patent Office. The patent, I mean, it, it's because of the protection of patents that we have the great innovation that we have in this country. That's right. In fact, I, I, I found an old Abe Lincoln quote that I also put in the piece, which was, he thought the three biggest inventions in human history 
were, were the, the perfection of printing, the discovery of the new world, I think I'm getting this right, and the, uh, the creation of, the issuing of patents yeah. of protecting intellectual property. He thought it was that important. And of course, there's a reason we've invented everything in the last 200 years, it's because we protected the people who invented them and, right. their, and their property. Absolutely. And we've been awful at that for 10 years now, and it's no surprise that I did, there was just an article, I didn't even put this in the piece, but there was an article yesterday where some ex-Pentagon um, tech, tech guru said, oh, China owns this on AI. Yeah. There's no way we can catch up, artificial intelligence. Yeah. So there's no way we can catch up anymore. Well, why is that? Because we've been stealing from tech creators for the last 10 years, and China's been welcoming them with open arms. Yeah. So they go over there to invent because they won't have their, you know, they get rewarded better in communist China than they do here. So we got to, we got to get rid of these laws. And certainly I think uh, George Carlin was right. The word bipartisan usually means something larger than usual. Deception is being carried out. Seaton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Again, the gov- the uh, website is lessgovernment.org. Check it out, lessgovernment.org. You can also check out Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She is the author of Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. That's right, she's my wife. She's also the author of Greetings from Paradise, a very entertaining newsletter she sends out periodically when she feels like it about what's happening here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. And you know what? It's interesting you talk about what's going on, which which I will not include in my newsletter, because it's not exactly... um, Happy news. By the way, it's a beautiful day today. Yes, it is. It's gorgeous. What a great sunrise. Um, but but the fact that um, these illegal immigrants are being dropped off in Naples was, is just very disturbing. Yeah, very disturbing. That's, that was interesting. You got an email mm. from somebody almost that you never hear from by email. And who is very reliable. Yeah. I mean, she, she just doesn't pass her own crap. Right. I mean, and uh, she said that, uh, oh, I think I, I'm going to paraphrase this, but she said, 70 Haitians were dropped wait, off on a bus? Wait, here, let me give you the exact... Okay. Okay, so 
So um, the other day, um, a, an unmarked bus dropped off at least 75 uh, what looked like Haitians. I mean, you, they didn't wear Haitian. I'm Haitian around my neck, but, they, but it looked, they had backpacks and whatever. Um, they, they were dropped off on, on US 41 and 111th Avenue, which is in, in Naples Park. And after all of the um, occupants of the bus had exited, the bus just tore off at an unusual rate of speed. Ah. And, and to that end, I put out an alert to people that I know that are living around here in houses and, and our neighbors and our board of directors, by the way, because, because our, our Vanderbilt Beach Road uh, uh, exit is, is exposed to that. So where are these people supposed to go? I mean, do they... Well, it, so fast forward, I, I alerted some people in the know, and they said, yeah, the sheriff's department knows about it, and they're illegal immigrants, and they've got, um, they've got bad rap sheets. So... That's not happy news for us. No, but it's news that needs to be told out there to keep an extra cautious eye out. Well, for sure. Speaking of which, of course, uh, these people are being dropped off. They may have twenty percent of them, as I understand it, have some sort of disease, any, whether it be uh, tuberculosis or uh, the COVID. Well, uh, then. Oh, by the way, um, our neighbor. When I, one of our neighbors said that when she was out walking the other day, she saw a bunch of. Um, those people who, who might fit that description on the bus stop right outside the Ritz. And, and they just sat there for a while, and then they just started walking into Naples Park. Hmm. So, I mean, it just doesn't hurt to, to alert people to keep their eyes and ears open. So uh, be forewarned that, uh, you know, this uh, whole thing about what's happening down in El Del Rio in Texas is uh, kind of a, now is showing itself right here in Naples, Florida. Un unbelievable. And and uh, by the way, the, we're seeing this mask, the uh, vaccine mandates right now, and the the president has been adamant about about this. I can't call him the president. Yeah, I know it's difficult, but the point is that right now we're seeing Southwest Airlines, we're seeing a dis disruption in all kinds of businesses. I might my concern is that this is going to lead to a major major uh, shutdown in our economy right around Christmas. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I mean, this, I just was listening to a Southwest. Not, no, that's not right. He was an airline pilot. He, both he and his wife were pilots, and they just did not disclose the name of the company they worked for. But um, they're having a real issue because they, they checked with their doctor, medical professionals, and whatever. And having this vaccine is not right for them. Mm. He didn't go into detail as to why. He says, it's not right. He says, and I'm risking, both my wife and I are risking our livelihoods. Um, to succumb to this vaccine, and he says we're not going to do it. That's just wrong. And and oh, by the way, he said he said not only that, but even if I did get the vaccine, there there are issues that could affect my performance as a pilot when I'm up in the sky. Um, that that because of my research, I found out about that. And he says so. There's no good outcome here. Yeah. Well, we both uh, know friends that uh, have had some uh, consequences from getting the vaccine, and of course. There's no proof that there's a direct correlation between what happened to them and, and the vaccine, but it's, it's so close that it has to be, there has to be some correlation. Well, when they go from, from, from being vibrant, very healthy people to something going seriously wrong, and oh, what happened in between, they got the vaccine. Well, and uh, so this, this stuff is not being reported, unfortunately. Do I, I believe there's a, a, a virus out there that creates problems for people. It actually could lead to death for some people. I believe the virus can actually uh, make people lose their sense of taste and smell. I believe all that. But the whole thing has been so politicized that you can't believe anything around it. I mean, the, all the information is so warped by political interest that uh, I think people need to be very skeptical about everything that's going on. Well, you know what? I, people just need to not just stare at CNN and, and believe what these people say. I mean, do your own homework. Do your own research. Go, go on, I mean, it's just like the Spicer vaccine, which, which um, Biden said, oh, we've got full FDA approval. No, they don't. Yeah. And if you, all you need to do, oh, by the way, is go on the FDA website. You don't need to take my word for it or your word for it. Go on the FDA website and see that the Pfizer vaccine did not get full approval. The, the, what, the vaccine that got the approval was um, uh, a separate one called Cormity or Cormity. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to pronounce. And oh, by the way, 
it's not available in the United States. Biden, and I think this is criminal, Biden did a bait and switch with this information. Right. In order to coerce people into saying, thinking it was safe to, to get the vaccine. Isn't there some sort of um, law that he broke doing that? I mean, you can't, you're playing with people's health and lives well, here. Here's the interesting thing, is that right now, people in Congress, the President of the United States, these people break the law all the time, but unfortunately, they're making the laws so they get away with it. Well, oh, by the way, and we didn't even, this just came to mind. I think I sent it to you, I emailed it to you. But the frontline doctors have been called on by members of Congress to be treated for um, COVID, uh, for the coronavirus, with ivermectin and other, um, um, what do you call them, uh, therapeutics? Therapeutics that and, we and, can't get. Yeah, but. and we can't get, we're, we cannot yeah. get them. But, and, and Simone Gold, who's one of the frontline doctors, confirmed that that's the case. So these, these senators and congressmen, who, by the way, are not mandated to get vaccines, only the only the simple folk out here, yeah. like the sheep, um, and yet they're, oh my goodness, the sins that are be, being committed here are just outrageous. They are indeed. It's unfortunate. I mean, uh, right now I spoke to, to uh, somebody from India. He said that one of the provinces there, 245 million people, they've almost eradicated uh, the COVID, vac- COVID, which is really running rapid in, in India. And it was all because of ivermectin and uh, uh, no and uh, ivermectin. So uh, the the fact of the matter is that there are things that right now are being discouraged here in the United States that are making other people across the globe uh, better. Wait, not not only discouraged, but but the the drug or the uh, drugstores are not even. They're not even even if doctors prescribe them, they're not being permitted to be prescribed to us. Right. We're like sitting ducks. Well, it's true. And uh, just uh, it's unfortunate that we're in a position where the information we get from <laughs> um, Dr. Fauci and the CDC are not reliable. Dr. Fauci says, go have fun on Halloween. Everybody have go out and have fun. Kids love Halloween. <laughs> and uh, Within the same time that he said, we don't know if you can have Christmas together. What a what a what a uh, what's the science behind that? He is a total hypocrite. He's, well, he's a political hack, and he's getting paid a lot of money to do that. And so, um, people are discounting him six ways to Sunday. So, so, so that's good. We didn't even get to the topic we were going to talk about, which is well, we touched on the supply chain. But but did you know that Sam's Club and Costco are now limiting toilet paper and bottles of water because. Why? I don't know. They can't get it. But they're saying that all these, these truckers are being affected. These people, the boats on the West Coast are, are sitting out there with cargo they yeah, can't think, unload. Think about this. I mean, truckers are, who are being mandated, they have to get vaccines. Well, you know many of them are not going to do that. Right now, supply chain is already disrupted. I mean, can you imagine ships, uh, truckers, all these people who might not be willing to do what they're supposed to do to get stuff uh, to us? It's going to create a tremendous problem. Well, you told me that we have a, we have a friend who just redecorated their condo, and they had to rent furniture because their furniture couldn't get to de- delivered because it's on a boat somewhere. I know it's unbelievable. Linda Harden again. Uh, greetings from paradise, by the way. If you, you should uh, go to my website bobharden.com, and you can find a pull down tab at the top of the website for greetings from paradise. There you'll find. Uh, Linda's past greetings from paradise, all very interesting and and, and amusing and fun to read. Uh, so, Linda, I just appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for never enough it. time. You're ne- welcome. There's never enough time. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I always enjoy getting your comments. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail dot com. Bobharden at hotmail dot com. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. Well, we uh, visit with Andrew Joppa. He's a professor and author of Josephus of Oz. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Uh, he's written many books as well, as including Why Truly Humans Are Truly Exceptional. That's his latest book. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>